It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 807, 46 degrees, 46.3 degrees, I should say. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do in your landscape with a little bit of advice added in, and I'm the guy who gives the advice. 404 872 Coming up this half hour, Lynn in Chambly is planting mums and wants to know what else she can plant around them. Danny is out in Stone Mountain, has a question about controlling moss in his lawn. I think we all know which which road I'm going to go down with Danny. Greg in Doonan has Japanese maples, but he really, really, really wants one that grows in sunshine. And I have a great suggestion. I saw it yesterday. I thought, I should tell more people about that Jap maple. That'll be great. Paul's in Canton has a question about his Bermuda lawn. And Vince wonders why the red oaks are not doing so well in his landscape. We'll get to those in a little bit. First, I get the enjoyable task of talking to Michael Schopenhorst from the Atlanta Home Show. Michael, hey. Hey, good morning, Walter. How are you? This is the 37th Spring Atlanta Home Show? It is. It's getting old. It, somebody's it's getting old. It's not me, not you, but the uh, Home Show, 37 years. That's pretty – where did it start, Michael? I don't really remember knowing it 37 years ago. Yeah, I actually started back at the uh, Georgia World Congress Center uh, many, many years ago. So, But uh, we relocated a few years ago out to the Cobb Galleria Center, and uh, it made it easier for people being out in the, in the suburbs mm-hmm. there and – it's a great location, plenty of free parking there across from uh, Cumberland Mall, and it's, uh, it's done very well there. It's the largest uh, home show we've ever produced at the Cobb Gallery Center. It is uh, wall-to-wall. We've even had to move some of the exhibits out to the lobby. There's been so much demand. Yeah. So, so uh, what's the, what time. are the highlights this year? Uh, well, we are, our great theme, uh, Remodel, Repair, Refresh. It uh, kind of gives people a little idea of what they can uh, do there at the show, but uh, the Reliable Heating and Air Home Show stage, of course, you're, uh, once again, Kicking that off for us with Refresh Your Landscape plays right into our theme there on uh, Friday at noon. Right. And um, we've got your live broadcast, of course, on uh, Saturday at 6 a.m. from 6 to 9. Let's remind Uh, listeners that if they want to come to the broadcast, all you have to do is say reliable when you come in the door from 6 to, I think, 9 a.m., and that'll be fine. You get to come watch the radio show, and then the show opens at 10. You get free admission. Reliable, the code phrase. (laughs) Thank you for that plug there. We've also, uh, one of the Fun things on there, uh, Dog Friendly Landscapes by Dana Kane at Home Garden Design. I think that's going to be fun because a lot of people do have issues with their uh, dogs already, in their landscape. I already had two calls this morning. I'm going to tell them to go to the home show and take to talk to Dana and see if she can straighten them out. There you go. There you go. And then Buddy Lee, the inventor of the Encore Azalea, is on stage Sunday at 3 o'clock. So uh, that's going to be exciting, too. I know I've got some of those in my yard, my parents' yard, and it's always fun to see those things blooming when you don't expect to have uh, azaleas blooming in your yard. So... Um, there's some, some great uh, sessions and presentations, fun and exciting on the Reliable Heating and Air Home Show stage. And that, by popular demand, our uh, ever-famous Red Hair Backyard Beer Garden. <laughs> I was going to ask if the beer was going to be there this year. Yep. People uh, really enjoy it. $5 donation. You get to sample three of Red Hair's uh, famous uh, beers there, and all the $5 goes to Traveler's Aid and uh, help people in homelessness, and especially children that are homeless. So it's a, it's a great cause. You can learn a lot about outdoor landscaping and design there. Uh, Bruce Holiday is heading that up for us again. And uh, our grand prize, Builder Specialties, giving us a Komodo Joe ceramic grill. Ooh. Always very popular. People love winning those. We'll give that away on Sunday. And 
know, we've got some great uh, great values there to show. A lot of the exhibitors offering show only pricing. Um, and to make it even a little bit more cost effective for people on atlantahomeshow.com, there's a Friday only coupon. It's buy one, get one ticket free. That's great. Um, and if you're coming Saturday or Sunday, you go to atlantahomeshow.com. There's a $2 off coupon. You make uh, it so fun. easy. You make it so easy, Mike. I'm trying to, and there's free parking there at the Cobb Galleria. So uh, adults 65 and over are free. Children 12 and under are free. Uh, military and first responders with ID are buy one, get one free. Uh, and if you're a member of the housing trade in any shape or form, your business cards your ticket on Friday, March 20th, compliment the PMC building materials. So trying to make it as... Uh, economical for people to get in and then the exhibitors take over and help people save time and money right and uh and refresh and remodel repair their house and uh so it's it's going to be a great event. Be really so again i'm speaking next friday at noon i think it is, is that right yep. michael yes that's correct so i'll be there at noon and then you get all the details about the broadcast and other people dave uh, baker's doing the fix it show from there as well Belinda skelton will be doing it as well but all the details come at atlantahomeshow.com all right I could not have said it any better. I'm com, the 37th annual Spring Atlanta Home Show. Michael, we'll see you there. Thank you so much, Walter. Take care. All right. It's 812, and we've got people on the line asking garden questions this morning. Danny's first in line. Danny is out in Stone Mountain, and here he is. Hey, Danny. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call, Walter. How can I help, Dan? I, I just bought a house in Stone Mountain. The village of Stone Mountain has a very small yard. Uh, when I bought it, it had a Yoshina cherry tree. That's about as big as my uh, front yard is. Yeah. And I cut it down, but everything is moss around it. The sides of my yard, and I guess it's too shady. And yeah. um, But I've taken the tree down now, and I need to know how to get rid of the moss and what type of grass I can use. You make an environment that moss doesn't like. There's okay. not a, well, there is a moss be gone product, but it, the moss comes back. <laughs> when you use it, it'll get rid of moss for a while, but the moss comes back. Because the environment that moss loves, I've said this so many times, the moss loves Shade, you got that. Hard soil, you probably have that underneath the cherry tree. It loves uh, just a place that does gets a lot of water across it. That's another thing that moss loves. And those are all three things that grass does not like at all. So if you can fix it so that you give grass what it wants, which is sunshine, loose soil, not so much water running across it, you'll have grass and the moss will disappear. Okay. Now, a lot of the yards in my neighborhood have moss. Um, I think it's, I've got a drain system that you know, keeps the uh, water in the drain yeah. the way it is. It's a very small yard, like I said, but just use moss be gone and just keep applying that. Or uh, then, but you probably won't get any grass to grow. Never. Um, well, not with combining moss be gone as often as you're going to need to put it down. I don't think you'll get grass to grow very well. So what do you do in that case? You try air it. You know, one of the things you can do to loosen the soil to give moss what it does not like is to use an aerator. Go over the whole area two or three times and just poke a lot of holes in the ground so it dries out and moss doesn't like that. Okay. All right. That sounds what I needed to hear. And make sure that if there's any way to, to increase the amount of sunshine. Grass would love to have some more sunshine. Moss hates having sunshine shining all day long. So if you can prune up some trees, make it a little bit less uh, shady in one parts of the yard, you'll have grass to grow there. And, you know, honestly, I need to say, Danny, you also need to investigate shade-loving plants, the hostas and the uh, various other ground covers and ferns that you can put underneath those trees in places where it's just too shady for grass. Get something else. There's all sorts of things that love being in the shade. A lot more being in the shade than grass loves being in the shade. We've got Lynn and Shambly joining us. Hey, Lynn, good morning. Hi, morning. How can I help, Lynn? Um, so I was calling about my daughter and I have a raised, like a community 
flower bed. Sure. It's about eight feet by six feet. And last year was our first year planting in it. We planted about uh, three rows of mums, maybe three deep or three, three by three. Got it. Um, and now we're coming up to the second year, and we don't know what else to kind of put around it. Uh, when we first did it, we just picked anything that was pretty, and, they, <laughs> and everything just died. So, so how it's much? It's a full sunshine area. All right, full. That was my um, question. How much sunshine does it get? Um, a couple of plants that do really well for me without any coddling or babying or anything else, Shasta daisy. Shasta daisy is a perennial plant. comes up every year, has white flowers, grows about a foot and a half tall. And I love Shasta daisy. They're just so nice in a, in a bed where they're blooming all at the same time. So Shasta daisy is one suggestion. Any of the cone flowers will do very well for you and you can get purple coneflower and various other variety names with different colors but the uh, coneflowers as a as a group in full sun are going to love it being in in that area um but what other plants have you maybe considered and what a bit of advice about we we had a kind of exterior marigold like the mums were kind of in the middle yeah and then we had kind of a um you know, around the edges were some marigolds, but those didn't really work. And then she just kind of, any other plant that she saw that she liked, we stuck it in there. We had some dragon. Did you ever say how really old your, how old is your daughter, Lynn? She's six. <laughs> All right. Then now I understand about whatever she sees she wants. <laughs> um, so this, this year we actually want to plant something that's going to look good with the moms and can actually stay. Um, and we're thinking about doing this um, in about a month or so. So yeah. I didn't know if we needed to seed something or wait until the daisies or, or whatever become available. If you want to seed something, zinnia would be my first choice there because zinnia seed come up very nicely. They come up and give you nice, pretty flowers. They last a long time uh, during the summer. So zinnia would be a nice seeded plant to put in. But I'll that's be honest with you, Lynn. One of the seed? things, huh? Is that the one that starts with a Z? Z-I-N-N-I-A. Zinnia. Yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you. But one of my philosophies about kids gardening is you never argue with them. You always say, yeah, you want that plant that cucumber under, underneath the tree? That'll be fine. We'll plant the cucumber underneath the tree, and we'll see what happens. And so if you and your daughter see a plant that she likes, and you think, well, I don't know if Mr. Reeves recommended that one or not, I'd say go ahead and buy it. Buy it, put it in, and let your daughter learn a little bit more about plants. And you hear me all the time talking about sunshine is important and loose soil is important. So let her learn from the very beginning that the best thing she can do is to make a good environment so you have the right plant in the right place going in there. And I think you're going to have several more years of great uh, gardening experiences together, Lynn. You know, if you go to a garden center, if you go to Pike Garden Center down on Lindbergh, maybe it's not too far from you, the Folks there can give you real good advice on which annuals and perennials are coming in soon and which ones you can uh, buy to make your daughter happy. And if she's along with you and the two of you can sort of meander around the, uh, the uh, Pike Nursery, I think you'll get a lot of good suggestions there from the employees. Thanks for calling, Lynn. i got to get out of here. It's 818, and you're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. 
And a quick weather date, weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security Atlanta. We think wet and soggy this morning, but it's going to be really, really nice this afternoon. Low 70s this afternoon. Overnight, the sky is going to stay partly cloudy with uh, about a 10% chance of scattered showers. Lows in the low 50s. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Greg is in Noonan down in Coweta County. Here he is on the line with us. Hey, Greg. Hey, Walter. Uh, well, I'm waiting. What is the Japanese maple that can handle full sun? Coral bark maple. Coral bark. Coral bark. I saw one yesterday. It was pink all over, and I thought, Dad, God, that's a good-looking Japanese maple. Well, there you go. I Thank feel, you very I much. just thought to myself, I, I, if Greg calls tomorrow, I will tell him. Carl Bart Japanese Maple. And that's not the only one. There's several more. It's just the one that I caught my eye yesterday. But there are several more tree form um, Japanese maples that do nicely in full sun. If you do a little homework, if you bring your smartphone like I do when I go to a nursery and I'm looking at plants, and if it's a particular tree that I think, boy, that would look nice in the back corner of the yard, I'll bring it up on Google and look and see if it likes full sun or partial sun or shade or whatever it likes. But Carl Bark, that's my favorite today. Okay, well, thank you very much, Walter. Great talking to you, Greg. Thanks sure. for calling. Bye-bye. It's 826. That gives Vince his turn. Vince, can you be pretty quick here? We'll get your on and out and on your way. What's going on, Vince? Well, um, actually, I don't have red oak. They're red maple. So okay. I made a mistake when I talked to your screener. And, and what's the question? So, so I have the red uh, maples in. I have about six of them. They're full grown. And then when the leaves come out in the, early, in the late spring or spring and summer, they get the leaves get yellow spots, and then eventually the, the yellow spots turn to brown, and then the leaves start falling prematurely old, you know, until old in the fall. It so could be. And this is a, this is a very or, hard word to spell, but I can pronounce it very nicely. It's anthracnose. Anthracnose, A-N-T-H-R-A-C-N-O-S-E, but anthracnose is a spotting disease. It gets on maples. It could be powdery mildew, but if you want to sort of figure out which is which, just look for images. Go to Google and look images and say uh, anthracnose on maples, and if that looks sort of like the leaves you have on yours, then it'll have, hopefully, it's a website attached to it that'll tell you how to control the anthracnose. Um, a lot of times, a good, vigorous maple tree won't get anthracnose, so make sure you're, you know, fertilize a little bit each year make sure you get some water and dry out during the summertime but anthracnose is my guess it's what it is if you want to wait till the leaves start appearing and start turning yellow you can give me pictures then and we'll do a little bit better job diagnosing what it is it's 828 you're listening to lawn and garden we'll be back after news It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 835, 46.6 degrees outside the last couple of minutes of the Lawn and Garden Show. And number 404-872-0750. We'll be joined in just a minute by Mickey Gasaway from Pike Nursery. But while we're waiting on her to call in, I think Judy in Woodstock has a great question this morning. Hey, Judy. Good morning. I have a quick question. We planted Zenith Zoysia yeah. at the end of September which was not good, but we did, and okay. I need to move it. Do I move it now, or do I need to wait till it's green? Ooh, did it get rooted down very well after you moved, after you put it in the first time? 
not really, really good. I see, you know, I, I pulled some up, and there's a little a connection, but not a whole lot. Right. Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh no! Boy, this is tough. How many pieces of side did you lay down? One or two hundred or what? Oh, it's like twenty-five hundred square foot. Yee, why do you need to move it? Well, um, you know how you can make little paths going into the woods. Yeah. Well, we did some little paths, and I don't really care for it. So I'm going <laughs> to move it to make a bigger area of grass and take mm. away the paths. I cannot guarantee success, but I think I would move it now. And okay. you're taking a real gamble in doing all this moving around with the zoysia. If it hasn't rooted down, it's just trying to get started. But mm -hmm. I think that the best thing to do is wherever you're going to move it to, you have to promise you're going to do really, really well with preparing the soil, making it nice and soft. And at least six inches deep of soft soil should give the zoysia, if it has any energy left to move mm -hmm. and make roots, then it'll yeah. do it into that soft soil. Don't just lay it on top of some other existing grass without doing a lot to soften and make the new environment good for it. Do I need to get a little roller, you know, how they roll the side? Yeah, after you have softened the soil and put the, okay. moved the side away from the first place and into the second place, then a little roller to roll it down, get it nicely in contact. The bottom of the side piece should be really, really tightly contacting the uh, soil underneath. Okay. The um, the guys that laid my sod, they, I can, when I walk out there, it's not even. Yeah. And he tells me that when it starts growing, it'll be more tighter. But mm. I feel like it needs the roller all over it because I don't want to cut the grass and scrap it. You <laughs> I know. know. The pieces should be butted tight up against each other. Each side piece should be right up tight with the next, and even sometimes a little ridge where the two meet each other because that ridge will gradually go down. But it's so much harder to get zoysia to fill in cracks in places where it's more than half an inch um, between the two adjoining pieces. So. I think you need to do everything you can, again, to soften the soil, but two, make sure when it's laid next time or anything that you can move around now that it doesn't have any cracks in between the pieces of sod. we got to get out of here, though, Judy, because I see that Mickey Gasaway has joined us this morning. Hey, Mickey, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm just fine. I hear there's a great strawberry shortcake celebration today. That is that right? Yes, we are so excited. <laughs> this is Super Strawberry Saturday. Right. We do this once a year. And we have a class at 9 on how to grow strawberries, and everybody gets a, a free bare root strawberry. That's awesome. Do they get a cow to make the cream, to make the milk, to put onto the uh, strawberry shortcake? That would be a good idea. I guess they hadn't <laughs> thought of that. <laughs> well, that's great. So the class is at 9 on how to grow strawberries. You get a little free strawberry plant, and you can buy more strawberries there at Pike to fill out the bed. That's exactly right. We've got, we don't have bare root strawberries for sale, but we've got lots of um, strawberries in the four-inch pot. Right. So it's when we've got ever-bearing, and we've got uh, the June-bearing. Do you have much success, or tell me maybe if, if I should be better at doing this, how do you put strawberries into a strawberry pot? How do you water it mainly? I put a, well... If I do a strawberry pot, if you get the new kind of strawberry pots, they've got the the pockets that kind of stick out, and you can individually water the uh, strawberries with yeah. those. The old-fashioned kind, they were kind of flat. And so what you do when you're planting, you put a little bit of soil in the bottom, and then you put the first row of strawberries in. And what I do is I put a cardboard tube down the middle of it, and I put gravel in the middle of that sure, tube. Sure. Are you picturing this? I do it myself because I was wondering if that was if I were doing it the right way. Well, that's why I got it. Actually, I got that from Martha Stewart, but she uses PVC. <laughs> but some, 
somebody else told me to use uh, a, a cardboard tube, sure. and then it goes away, but the the, the gra- gravel still there, so you can water it down. Otherwise, it's really hard to water those if you don't do it that way. I guess you, another way you could do it real slowly is the way I've advised talking about fertilizing and watering orchids is to use ice cubes because yeah. you really can't pour a lot of water in the top or around those little pockets of the strawberries. It'll wash them out if you're not careful. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. The, 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 bigger stru- the bigger pockets are a little, uh, to me, are a little bit easier. But like you said, the, the ice thing works good for me. I use it for a lot of house plants. Yeah, sure. Well, we don't want to spend too much time on Strawberry right. Day at Pike Nursery, but we have a Pike Pick to announce as well. Well, that is the Pike Pick. Oh, it is. Or the strawberry. Oh, well, that's easy then. Okay, that's easy. Okay, good. We got the pipe pick here. And is it just the plants, the little individual plants that are going to be? Well, they're not twenty percent off because we're giving away. Oh, I see. So I didn't read my. Pick. You didn't, didn't read what I wrote you. Yeah, did. I didn't read my outline very well, did I now? Okay, we get the free strawberries, plus all the advice on how to plant strawberries and how to manage them, either a bed or a strawberry jar, like Mickey was just describing. If you had a hint about how to do a strawberry bed, what would that be, Mickey? Make sure it's in full sun and have good drainage. And then control weeds. That would be my addition yeah, to I, that. I don't have too much. Mine, mine's on either side of the path in front of my vegetable beds. Yeah. And so it's just kind of on a path, and uh, they crawl up in the vegetable bed, and I pull them off, and I plant them back down on the row, and that works good. One of the great things about strawberries, they have mothers and they have daughters. You can take the daughters and move them around and get more strawberries off of them, starting with your free strawberry that you have today. If you go to Pike Nurseries, all the Pike Nurseries, and uh, go to the strawberry class as well at 9. That's exactly right. Mickey, it's great talking to you. Got to go, but if we – well, let me just ask you this. If we had – any needs for knowing where to go to find anything about Pike Nursery, where would we go? At PikeNursery.com. Of course, of course. Mickey, it's great talking to you. You too, bye. See you soon. It's 842. We've got Richard on the line out in Carrollton. Hey, Richard, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can I help? Use your expertise and knowledge. All right, go for it. Uh, I spent a lot of time in the woods up down in um, Macon County, Georgia, south-central Georgia. Sure. In about November last year, I've been several. I have one particular large white oak right in front of me, and I noticed there's a few large white oak acorns on the ground. Mm-hmm. What can I enhance that crop or the tree or my chances for getting white oaks if I fertilize? Uh, this is like mm-hmm. November when I hunt. But, yeah. Uh, you will get more acorns if you fertilize, but I can't guarantee that it's going to happen this year. It may take a year or two before the fertilizer effect makes the leaves that support the acorn formation that gives you the mass that you want to attract the uh, the game that you're trying to get out there. Right. So do you want to plant some acorns and have little white oak trees and spread them around too? Well, I would like to, but it's we lease the property, and it's uh, pretty thick. It's pretty heavy uh, timber where I hunt. Yeah. And, um, if so, you got some time and some ten, 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 sure, fertilize the white oak and see if it doesn't make a few more acorns for you. A particular time of year or twice? Or I think than... just as the leaves are starting to come out, so pretty much any time between now and May would be fine. Okay, great. I'll try that then. One of the things, Richard, that I'm thinking about right now is I drove through Fayetteville going to see my mother earlier this week, and I saw this big white oak that is at the back corner of the fire station, which is on the property that used to be uh, Fayette County 
uh, I guess it was elementary school back then, it was Fayette County right. Elementary right. School. They used to have an old building there that the fourth graders, I guess, had to occupy on the same plot or same piece of land as the fire station is now. But I remember very clearly as a fourth grader back when I was, what, nine, ten years old, going underneath that very white oak tree and opening up some of those white oak acorns and eating white oak acorns in the fourth grade. That was a long time ago, but I remember it, and the tree is still there in Fayette County, in Fayetteville. It's an interesting tree. A lot of lot of acorns underneath it can be feed for deer and for hogs and for all sorts of things, as well as human beings. Sometimes they'll eat those acorns once in now. Richard, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. We've got eight forty four. Whose turn is next? Pat's in Gainesville. And Pat joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Pat. Good morning. Good How morning. are you? Ah, you can tell I'm pretty well. How can I help you? I am putting in a raised bed, 30 by 18, with a four-foot walk down the middle. Mm-hmm. It's going to be built out of two by 16s, pressure treated, and I want to know how to proportion the soil that I put in there. I have access to cottonseed meal. Good. Uh, I would use that, but I don't know what percentage of cottonseed meal to put in with mushroom compost and condition and that type thing. Can it you won't give be me much. Wide lines on that? Yeah, it won't be very much. How big did you say the bed is? How wide? Uh, 17 how long? by 30. Seven, 17 by 30? 18. Oh, 18 by 30. It sounded odd to have 17 when it usually is an even number. <laughs> um, it's th- going to have vegetables. It's going to have annuals, perennials, a few shrubs. You know, it's going to be right. a mixed bag. Rather than give you a rate in pounds per thousand square feet, let me just say that the way I use cottonseed meal, it's a very slow-release fertilizer, so there's no chance of burning plants like you would in yeah, 10, 10, 10. Yeah, I have access to it, so I, I plan to use that. Take your hand and just sort of gently scatter it. It should not cover the ground at all, but when you have all the soil-type materials that are in the bed, it's filled up almost to the top, and then take your hand and just gently scatter a little... A little layer, not even an eighth of an inch, a sixteenth of an inch thick is what you're looking for. But scatter that over the whole thing. Dig that into the top six inches. That's all the roots are going to occupy. There's no sense in putting any more way down deep. But uh, scatter the sixteenth of an inch thick layer of cottonseed meal. Dig it into the top six or eight inches maybe, and that'll be fine for anything you plant in that bed. So how much? Uh, I have some pecan uh, hulls I can use for mulch and peanut hulls. Good. Uh, I think either one of them would be good mulches, and they'll look good. Yeah, sure, of course. Now, what else is going to be in the rest of the bottom of that bed? Well, somebody has to go get some soil and put it at the bottom of that bed then, Pat. Oh, just get natural soil? You can, but you know, if you want a real nice-looking soil, many of the what I call landscape material supply houses, they're scattered all around Atlanta. There's one up on Buford Highway here. But up in Gainesville, there's... Let's see, North Hall. North Hall and Earthworks. That's the name of the company. Call North Hall Earthworks and ask them if they don't have a a sort of a topsoil mixture they can deliver to the house and put in your bed. Yeah, it's going to take a lot of soil to fill that. Well, soil is relatively cheap. You sort of answered my question. I just didn't know how much cottonseed. I know it won't burn, but you can get too much of a good thing. Yeah, you sure can. Again, sixteenths of an inch is about all you need. Okay, you've answered my question. Pat, thanks for calling. Thank you. We'll see Bye-bye. you soon. It's 847, and you are listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade from Atlanta's Morning News on WSB. Our 24-hour news center delivers updates four times an hour all weekend. Depend on it. We'll be here Monday morning, 430 till 9, for breaking news and traffic and weather every six minutes. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves. 
What was this? Six, when I was 16 years old, 17 years old, instance and something, something, something. What is this? A rest- strawberry alarm strawberry clock. Strawberry alarm clock. Yes, there incense and peppermint. All right. Topical with Mickey and the strawberries at Pike Nursery. A full quick update, update on the weather. Brought to you by Ackerman Security. Basically, it's going to be clearing out this morning, warm this afternoon. Highs in the low 70s. Clearing out some more in the evening and lows in the low 50s. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Let's go to the phone again. We've got uh, Dave in Silver Creek who joins us on Lawn and Guard. Hey, Dave. Good morning. One, two, three. There you go. Hey, Dave. I think Dave has somehow gone away. There he is. Dave wants to know how to take care of wild violets. And rather than making him dial back, I'll just tell you how to control wild violets. Number one, we've heard several times this morning, the Bonide Weed Beater Complete. That works great on wild violets. It has several um, types of herbicides that are all mixed into the same product. And so we've heard that commercial going on. So Bonide available at Pikes. You can use Bayer products, the Bayer Season Long Weed Control, the Ortho. Um, we be, we be gone max, but violets are particularly tough to control in lawns because they're growing in fescue particularly. They're growing at the same time you're fertilizing the fescue. And so you get a broadleaf weed killer. Again, Bonide Weed Beater Max is the one I would use. But you get a broadleaf weed killer, put it on the lawn, and wait. It's generally speaking going to last about, um, it's going to work in about two weeks, I guess, from the time you put it down. But what you'll see is the top leaves on the violet will curl up and gnarl up a little bit, and they'll be gone within two or three weeks from putting the stuff on. I would do a repeat application sometime in May or June. That sounds about right. And two applications of the Weed Beater Complete, follow the label directions on rates and stuff like that. But two applications, in my experience, on Bermuda, fescue, zoysia, centipede, most anything that is uh, troubled with the wild violet sprouting in the middle of it, I think that that would work just fine. But again, it's two applications, and don't wait for miracle results in the first two days after you put it down. But if you wait for two or three or four uh, weeks, you'll see a lot of uh, diminishment of the wild violets. Then do another application. There shouldn't be any, any, any violets in your lawn. It's not that hard to control, but generally speaking, the synthetic weed control chemicals do a lot better than any of the organic controls do. It's been a great Saturday morning to spend with our friend Crystal Wheeler, who's in for Ashley Frasca this morning, screening calls. Scott Maxson chose our music, including the Strawberry Alarm Clock, which I really do appreciate finding topical music for the morning. A couple of reminders. If you did not get your question answered this morning, you can always go to my website, WalterReeves.com, and look on there using the search line. I just updated my server, so the searches are much, much faster than they used to be. So one or two uh, words in the search line should get you to the place you want to be. While you're there, you might as well follow me on Twitter. I now have 600 and I think it was 652 followers as of last week. So if you want to add yourself to my Twitter crowd, you can. If you want to join me on Facebook, my Facebook fan page, you can do that on my website as well. And the newsletter is always open, free. Email newsletter comes out every two weeks. Had a great article this time about what kills cherry trees. And I reminded everybody that the Monty Python skit about the Black Knight who lost his arms and lost his legs, but was still threatening the person who was in front of him, that that was a... Uh, situation that it was reminded of with the guy's cherry tree. The email newsletter, of course, so just hit subscribe to newsletters right there on my website. Well, everybody, it's been a great Saturday morning. I'm going to Scottsdale Farms. I'll be there at 1130 this morning. I'll see you right here next Saturday for another edition of Lawn and Garden. <music>